Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Vanessa Denha-Garmo, filling in for my dear sister, Teresa Tamio, here on this fall afternoon. I'll get to the weather in a minute as we head into the news. We have a very wonderful show lineup, as we always do here on Catholic Connection, thanks to Andrew, our wonderful producer, Andrea Pachetti Bayer will be joining us soon. She's the director of the Conscious Project, a Stanford-educated lawyer. She's dedicated her legal career to civil rights and appellate advocacy. And we'll be talking with her about uh, religious freedom and freedom of speech and what's going on in the country. And their mission is in changing our society, freedom of conscience, and the right to practice one's faith free from its interference from the government are an individual's last line of defense. The Conscious Project advances three fundamental human rights through public education that includes insightful commentary and legal analysis. And as I mentioned, Andrea Pachetti Bear is the director of the Conscious Project. She's a Stanford educated lawyer. She's dedicated her legal career to civil rights and appellate advocacy. She got her start as a trial an appellant attorney in the Civil Rights Division of the U.S. Department of Justice. And prior to leading the Conscious Project, Andrea served as a legal advisor for the Catholic Association, filing amicus briefs with the Federal Courts of Appeals and the U.S. Supreme Court in key religious freedom and free speech cases. She appears frequently in the media to discuss religious freedom controversies and illegal victories. And in 2021, she received a first place for best coverage religious liberty issues from the Catholic Media Association. And she's a regular legal analyst for EWTN News and a regular columnist for the National Catholic Register. So I'm looking forward to talking with her today because, you know, we have to learn to stand up and speak up. Teresa, Tommy, and I are both uh, media coaches. We train people and we, we do media training. I have been working with clients in my company, Epiphany Communications, coaching and consulting for many years on how to stand up and speak up for what is truth, what is right, what is trust. And it was originally designed uh, to help people uh speak in public platforms, training people on media, how to give speeches, how to write your speeches, how to deliver your messages. Um, as a former press secretary for the largest county here in the state of Michigan, I wrote speeches all the time. I used to write uh, uh, my boss's state of the county speech with a couple colleagues. Uh, I've written talking points. I've written media messages. And I've trained people for many years on how to stand up and speak up. Uh, it's a workshop we designed. And it's much different today because of what we're challenged against with the very progressive side trying to silence our voices. And so we have to learn how to stand up and speak up in many different platforms, whether it be in our own family room, our own dining room tables as we head into the uh, holiday season. Maybe it's on a social media platforms. Maybe it's at a public gathering. Uh, maybe you're standing up and speaking up um, 
when it comes to political uh, leaders or uh, candidates asking uh, appropriate questions. And so um, we all have to learn to do this. So I'm really looking forward to talking with Andrea today about how we all could stand up and speak up. And uh, I'm going to play a little clip from one of her video series. Andrew is going to play that for us. Andrew, can you play that? The right to think as you want and act as you believe is under attack. As so-called progressives try to police our behavior, control our thoughts, and brainwash our children. What can you do to protect yourself and your family? I'm Andrea Pachati Bayer, a mother of 10 and committed Catholic and a lawyer. Here at The Conscience Project, we're focused on helping Americans protect themselves and their families from threats to religious freedom, free speech, and conscience rights. As a mom, today's attacks on these basic freedoms have me worried. But as a lawyer who once worked for the government and still keeps an eagle eye on some good decisions coming out of the Supreme Court, I know we can fight back because the law, especially the First Amendment, is on our side. How do we stop them? Subscribe to our YouTube channel for the answers. So when I do the workshop, you know, I'm, I help my clients all the time through my company to face fears, know how to prepare and better understand your strengths and weaknesses, f- focus on your message, tailor your message to your audience, you know, avoid common mistakes and learn tips and techniques for better public speaking. And when we know we're going into these critical conversations as we should, we have to meet people where they're at on their own journey. So we seek to understand first by asking questions. You know, how did you how did you come to believe that to be true? Or where did you find your information? Or what prompted you to feel that way? Or, you know, why are you so um you know, why are you so convicted on this issue? Or, you know, uh, what information did you find to support your belief system? And then share testimonies, share stories. Uh, you know, you can really relate to people. And you, you know, in order to really kind of meet people where they're at on their own journey, they have to feel some kind of connection to you. Uh, that you understand them. So we seek to understand first by asking questions. I do this when I'm coaching all the time. Clients seeking to understand where they're at, where are they coming from, and how can I help them go from point A to point B? And this can be used whether you're trying to reach a goal, whether you're trying to move up in in from in leadership positions at work, which I mo- mostly do corporate coaching management and team building coaching. But these are great techniques that can be used to train people on how to stand up and speak up as well. And whether it be, I'm telling you, whether it's, you know, your family dining room, (laughs) having dinner together, breaking bread with family and friends over the holiday, or maybe you're speaking at a school board and challenging the school board for the curriculum or the books they're being uh, uh, forcing on our children, trying to indoctrinate our children. Maybe it's at a public hearing. Maybe it's in front of the legislature. Maybe it's, it's writing a letter to your local official. We all have to prepare ourselves and train ourselves and arm ourselves with information to be able to share that with other people so we can stand up and speak up for truth and what is right and what is just. We can't afford to stay silenced in what's going on in the world when the progressives are trying to silence our voice. We have to get the truth out. We do it with love and charity. We do it with Christ at the center. We ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. As Christians, that's why I do Christ-centered communication messages, and I write them in the air on Catholic Radio because I'm trying to help people how to communicate with Christ at the center, with everything that they're saying. And training people to do that. That comes from prayer, from reading scripture, 
uh, I interviewed uh, Father Ken Dracy here when I was filling for Teresa and the, you know, uh, spiritual warfare and the divine mercy, the weapons of our time. And he goes through our prayer life. You know, there's informal prayer, formal prayer, there's silence. We have to engage in all of that. We have to read scripture. We have to sit in adoration. We have to ask the Lord to guide us. And in and, and these conversations, in this prayerful life of ours, we'll have these epiphany moments, these aha moments, where God really shines truth on us and helps us and points us in the right direction. You know, a daily prayer I've, I've had for many years is, Lord, bring the people in my life who are going to lead me in the direction you want me to go. And he's brought so many wonderful people in my life, including the people here at EWTN and Ave Maria Radio. I've been so blessed. And that's leading me in the direction the Lord, I believe, wants me to go, Right. And I also ask the Holy Spirit to give me the words he knows other people need to hear. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Give me the words. I pray that before I go on the radio. I pray that before I write. I pray that before I go into a critical conversation. But we have to arm ourselves with with truth. And truth starts with scripture. And that is part of our prayerful, prayer life. And then arm ourselves with facts and information about all these critical conversations that we're having in the world today about politics, about abortion, about human trafficking, about transgenderism, right? About the indoctrination in our schools. We have to know what's going on. It is nine minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. I'm Vanessa Denhagarmo filling in for Teresa Tamio, and now it's time for the news. Well, we definitely have some fall temperatures all across the country and some still summer-like temperatures in the south, uh, like in Houston, 92 degrees today, New Orleans, 90 degrees and cloudy skies, Tampa, Florida, cloudy skies and 90 degrees, 90 degrees in Miami, 87 in Jacksonville, sunny skies in Atlanta at 81 degrees, Memphis, 85 degrees, St. Louis, 86 degrees, 82 in Oklahoma City, Albuquerque is 85 degrees, 99 in Phoenix. El Paso's 95. And then we, when we go uh, more north in my hometown in Detroit, 71 degrees, cloudy sky, 69 and rainy in Chicago. And then we look out east, 74 degrees and uh, mostly sunny skies in New York, Washington, 77 degrees, cloudy skies, and in Charlotte, 81 degrees. So temperatures are still nice pretty much throughout uh, the country right now. So Vladimir Zelensky will face off against Russian officials today for the first time since Russia invaded Ukraine. Zelensky will address a special session of the powerful United Nations Security Council where Russia is a permanent member with veto power over decisions. Zelensky spoke in the, to the UN General Assembly on Tuesday and urged the world to stand firm against Russia. Russian troops invaded Ukraine 19 months ago. Attorney General Merrick Garland is scheduled to testify before the House Judiciary Committee today. Garland's appearance comes as a judiciary and two other committees in the Republican in the Republican controlled House are conducting investigations into President Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. Garland will reportedly push back on claims by some Republicans that his office makes decisions based on political motives. He'll say in his opening remarks that the Justice Department does not take orders from the president, Congress, or from any other one else about how or what to criminally investigate. 
Meanwhile, lawmakers in Washington are holding hearings this morning over what they're calling the humanitarian crisis at the southwest border. Scott Pringle reports. Staten Island Councilman Joe Borelli will be among those to speak, as well as Aaron Recklin Melnick, the policy director at the American Immigration Council. Now, this hearing is being held by the Republican-led House Committee on Homeland Security. The committee is diving deep into the cost that the migrant crisis is having on numerous communities throughout the United States, including New York City, which is spending billions of dollars after taking in more than 100,000 asylum seekers since the spring of last year. There are still questions after a Marine Corps F-35 disappeared for hours when a pilot ejected over South Carolina Sunday. Randolph White, who lives in Williamsburg County, 100 miles north of Charleston, where debris from the plane was eventually found, says he actually heard the plane fly over and crash. I heard a, a screeching, saw that between a screech and a whistle. I said, what in the world is this? And I heard a boom in my whole house show. That'll wake you up. The incident has raised questions about how the military could lose a multi-million dollar fighter jet. A spokesperson for the Joint Base Charleston, where the aircraft was based, said the plane's transponder wasn't working for as a yet undetermined reason, make it nearly impossible to track. The pilot was taken to a local medical facility and is in stable condition. A new strike deadline has been announced by the United Auto Workers President Sean Fain. This is our generation's defining moment, so be ready to stand up. He says if no substantial progress in contract talks has been made by noon this Friday, they will call on more local unions to expand their stand-up strike against GM, Ford, and Chrysler owner Stellantis. Currently, the UAW is striking three auto plants, one from each of America's big three. Ford and GM could both lose $40 million in profits per week, and even more if the union expands the strike to more plants. The impact is already rippling through the industry, as some part suppliers say they'll have to lay off people. A crime wave alert is being issued for one of New Jersey's popular beach towns. Sarah Lee Kessler reports. It's Brick Township, an Ocean County community of 75,000, which was once named America's safest city. Today, its police are battling a violent crime spree, ranging from armed burglaries and home invasions to thefts and car break-ins, all since last Friday. In one incident, a suspect dressed head-to-toe in white was waving a gun. Police are telling residents to lock their doors and bring key fobs inside the house. Investigators are looking for a light blue or silver BMW. And video cam footage from neighbors. An Uber driver is dead and two others are injured after a Monday night shooting in Denver. Steve Irvin, who lives in the area, says he can't believe what is happening. I guess for me, not knowing why it happened or if it could be, you know, all those shots probably went somewhere else too, as well, right? So I guess being a victim of that as well. Police say the attacks are random. The suspect fired shots as a vehicle and struck the Uber driver, killing him. The car crashed into a tree and injured the passenger. A nearby security guard tried to help, but also was shot by the suspect. The suspect stole the car, but was later caught and arrested. Gas prices are hitting their highest level of the year. Many Americans like Jeff Sharon in New York are echoing the same sentiment that their wallet is taking a beating because of it. I think gas prices keep going up and uh, inflation is going up. And we're paying for it. 
AAA puts the national average for regular gas at $3.88 per gallon. That's a five-cent jump over the past week, as nearly a dozen states now average $4 a gallon or higher. This comes as U.S. oil prices have climbed to more than $92 a barrel for the first time since November of 2022. It's 15 minutes past the hour here on Catholic Connection. We have to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking with our first guest this morning, who's joining us here on EWTN Ave Maria Radio. I, Andrea Pacetti Bayer. We'll be right back. Our guest joining us now here on Catholic Connection is the director of the Conscious Project. She's a Stanford-educated lawyer. She's dedicated her legal career to civil rights and appellant advocacy. And she's joining us now here, Andrea Pacetti Bear. Thank you so much for joining us here on Catholic Connection. Oh, and thank you so much for inviting me. It's always great to join you guys. So give us an overview again for our listeners to kind of refresh their memory of what is the Conscious Project. So the Conscious Project is basically a, a public education service. Um, our mission is to help people better understand um, the religious freedom challenges and um, the protections that we have, both as Americans and globally and for Catholics like myself and like I'm sure many of your listeners, what the Church speaks um, to us about the importance of religious freedom um, in our lives and um, in bringing people closer to the truth. So our religious freedoms have been under attack for a long time now, and and you have a wonderful uh, YouTube series sharing clips on that. Can you share with our listeners some of the stuff that you share with our listeners in terms of people who have been challenged because of their religious stance? You know, thank you so much. Um, and this is a really exciting new project that we're starting, basically kind of paying attention to the shifts in people's um, reception of information um, and utilizing YouTube as a way, again, to extend this mission of, of basically waking people up of what's going on. We highlight in the series a number of courageous Americans. People probably know their names, Jack Phillips, Lori Smith, people who have stood up for their rights to both religious freedom and free speech um, in the face of some pretty challenging authoritarian governments. Um, and we also talk about the importance of religious freedom for the Church as an institution, um, whether it's the Church proper and our right to be able to have free worship, also our Church-run organizations um, like our Catholic schools, other religious schools, Catholic hospitals that serve um, so much of our vulnerable population here in America and abroad. Um, so the, the project is really to touch upon both the importance of being strong and courageous and encourage people because religious freedom is winning, particularly with this Supreme Court. Hmm. So, you know, we know that there are so many ways that we're challenged. I mean, here in the state of Michigan uh, and other states across the country, they're trying to challenge us in terms of what they're teaching our children in the schools, in the public schools, and making it very difficult for parents to opt out. Uh, of some of this education. I mean, what what would you say to listeners about, especially parents and learning to stand up and speak up about what's being, uh, the books in the library and, and, you know, they're having drag queen shows for toddlers at the library, you know, the books they're teaching preschoolers, you know, on transgenderism and uh, with sexual uh, content in it, um, you know, for parents, what's your message to them? You know, first I want to say as kind of growing up a Michigander, on the mm-hmm. west side of the state, I oh, really am okay. paying attention. I know I'm paying uh, attention okay. 
to what's going on in Michigan. I'm living now in Virginia, very close to our nation's capital. Um, mm-hmm. And there's an issue just across the Potomac in, in the state of Maryland where a, a cross-faith representative group of parents are standing up against indoctrination in their public school, and that's in Montgomery County, Maryland, just a stone's throw away from from Washington, D.C., and they're demanding that the school respect their rights to opt out of having their children exposed to some pretty terrible books, and these are kids from pre-K to 8th grade, our our youngest and most tender um, students, they are bringing their case to court and um, grounding it not only in Maryland law, but also in the First Amendment, um, saying that it, it really does interfere with the ability to pass on the faith when schools are promoting ideas that are not only contrary to church teaching, and again, this is across different faith traditions, but also biological reality. And this is a point that um, I'm sure you're friends with her as well, Helen Alvarez, who's mm-hmm. one of the brightest brightest Catholic legal scholars I know. And she's written um, really extensively on the relationship between religious freedom and parental rights. And so I think that um, it's really important, and, and we touch upon this in the video series, that parents do have a long-standing tradition and there's deep precedent respecting their rights as parents under the First Amendment, in court cases, under the 14th Amendment. These cases are bubbling up in our courts. Um, But we, again, need to be brave enough to stand up, speak out, and know what's going on in our schools, whether we're with kids in public schools or even religious schools. Um, We need to be vigilant. And this is the exciting call as a parent. I'm a a mother of 10, and I'm like, it never ends. No. But it's, it's, it's what we're called. It's what we're yeah. called to be. Um, so it's it's an exciting time. It's a challenging time. Um, when I talk to friends of mine who feel anxious, my job is to really encourage not only the people close to me, but other people to know that um, you're not alone. Things are very strange, um, but we are... We've got the keys to the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know that our parental rights have been challenged and compromised greatly here in the state of Michigan with what we got with Proposal 3 that indoctrinated right into our Constitution. But it doesn't mean we stay silent. I mean, that's exactly what they want. They want to bully us into submission and control us and by keeping us silent. But, you know, arming yourself with all the information, all the facts and the data and going taking this obviously to prayer. But you have to know what you're talking about first. So, you know... It, Andrew, do you recommend that somebody pick something that they're very passionate about and learn to stand up, whether it be to the school board or talk to your legislature or reach out to an elected official? I mean, we, we can't afford to stay silent anymore with what's going on in the country. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think the first step is to educate ourselves, inform ourselves of what's going on, not only in our community, in our state, nationally, be aware of it. Um, and know the tools and and the the resources that we can rely on. There are um, a number of really active um, legal organizations that are leading the charge, especially pushing against gender ideology. Um, the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty has done a lot of work 
on um, making sure that faith-based groups and individuals can serve consistent with their mission without having to uh, abandon church teaching. Alliance Defending Freedom is another group that is leading Mm -hmm. the charge representing families um, who want to serve in foster care or adoption settings without having to um, endorse gender ideology. The same with Beckett. Um, Look at the St. Thomas More Society, um, legal society that has defended a number of church organizations. You're not alone. Um, This is the point. And obviously going to court is the last resort. Um, we live in a beautiful, wonderful democracy. Get involved. Get yeah. involved. We're talking with Andrea Pacetti Baird here on Catholic Connection, director of the Conscious Project. We have to take a break. We'll continue our conversation with her right after this. Stay with us, everyone. with Andrea Pacetti Bayer. We're talking about the Conscious Project. She is the director of Stanford Educated Lawyer. She's been dedicated her legal career to civil rights and appellant advocacy. And Andrea, when Teresa Tamio and I uh, ventured out into our own businesses, Teresa Tamio Communications and Epiphany Communications on my end, coaching and consulting, we've been doing media training for years. Never did I think when I created the workshop, Stand Up and Speak Up, that I would be training people on how to stand up and speak up against uh, attacking of religious freedom or freedom of speech. That was not why I originally designed that. I was training people learning how to speak on public platforms, how to have a voice, how to tell their story. Never did I think that we're going to be challenged the way that we've been challenged. And so we all need to be educated on how to stand up and speak up, but we have to come at it from a place of love and charity and with Christ at the center. What what are your thoughts on that? No, I think your observations are absolutely correct, right? Um, It used to be that religious freedom and free speech weren't even bipartisan issues. They were nonpartisan issues. It was an American issue that we stood up for and that was really marked us as a nation. Now it's definitely under attack, and and I identify it as being kind of a progressive assault on individual freedoms and liberties. You know, obviously, when you're free, you can choose not to do what is good. And um, and responding to that is where our faith comes into. Um, how do we make sure that we're directing people to the good, true, and beautiful and only using righteous means? Um, obviously, you mentioned earlier on in our conversation, prayer. You know, we really do need to um, pray. We need to make sacrifices, mortifications, um, reparation for all of the harm and evil that's happened. But then when we do act, um, we do so smart. We do so well-informed. We do so bold and courageously. And that we really try to take advantage of all that we have at our disposal. We have a very powerful system of constitutional rights, state and federal constitutional rights and statutory rights that we can point to. The rule of law matters. And we need to keep talking to people about that because even those who apparently look like they've lost their senses still know that a society works when we have a system of laws. 
Um, and we need to do with an abundance of charity. For many people, it's either ignorance um, or confusion or they've bought into the idea that um, it's basically being nice if you allow people to stay in a, in a position of error. No, we know that it's not being nice. We know that we want the good of everyone, and the good is to realize their responsibilities if they're parents, students, and, and appreciate and embrace their identity as God has created them, male, female, um, and, and not to silence that individual yearning that each of us has mm-hmm. to know, love, and serve God. You know, and Andrea, you as the director of the Conscious Project and the work that you're doing has really provided a wealth of resources for all of us so we can arm ourselves with the right information and the tools that we need and then the, maybe the tips you're providing of how to go out and speak up. So tell us about the YouTube channel. Those are great clips. I've watched a few of them and I've subscribed to the channel and the website to help us, to guide us with these resources. Well, perfect. Thank you so much for subscribing. And please, everybody, subscribe. Um, if you're not really familiar with YouTube, you can find the channel with the at sign and then Conscience Project. Um, that's a way to make sure that you can get directly. We've got a series that's going to be coming out weekly, um, touching upon different issues of religious freedom, conscience rights, parental rights. And then our website is, I hope, a clearinghouse of information, um, material that I've written um, for the National Catholic Register or for other secular outlets. And you can find that at conscience-project.org. Um, it also has the, the video series, so it'll direct you to YouTube if you can't find it easily. Um, and if you're a Twitter person, which someone made me get on Twitter a couple years ago, um, you can follow me at at Bayer Pachati or the project at at Conch Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's, there, there's a great wealth of resources. Obviously, as parents, we need to be mindful of the use of technology because the enemy is using it in ways that are going to distract and bring our kids um, into a place of darkness. But I think that we can use technology to spread the word and also to better prepare ourselves to be able to speak out, speak out about the importance of our faith and speak about truth and into truth. Mm. So, you know, one of the things that uh, we've talked about here on Catholic Connection, Teresa and I, and on my show Epiphany, is, you know, arming ourselves with this information so we have these conversations at, you know, whether it be at the water cooler or over coffee or at the dinner table as we head into the holiday season. We know these conversations are going to be coming up, Andrea. Um, we have to go in that with, you know, obviously centered on Christ, but with the right information. What advice do you have for people listening who are taking on these critical conversations with family and friends? You know, as I mentioned before, and that's really great, I think that we always need to think about it so that we're not caught deer in the headlights. How do Mm -hmm. I respond to this? Or we don't respond because we don't want to ruffle feathers or because we don't feel prepared. Um, First is, you know, again, bring everything to prayer. Pay attention to what's going on and pray on it. Um, Make sacrifices. And then when you do act, act in complete serenity. And if you get to a point where you don't know the answer, it's okay to say, you know, let me get back to you on that, because I don't feel like I'm fully confident on explaining things and and then do some more homework. Um, It's it's a really refreshing thing when someone comes back and said, you know, we were having that conversation over coffee and I looked into it. Let me let me share what I've learned again. You know, this is. 
um, this is a way that we build relationships. And in a time where it seems like um, our environment and our, our society is liking to divide um, our church and divide us from one another, we can build those relationships, bring people together, and the best way to do so is in a spirit of truth. And there's nothing better than a love that we have for one another to really show an earnest concern um, and, and why we're doing this. Not because we want to win an argument, but because we genuinely and earnestly love the person that we're speaking with. Mm. That's a great, great comment. Any, any, what else do you want to share with our listeners? What, what important message that I didn't ask you that you really want them to know? You know, I really do think that um, now is the time that we flex our muscles um, as parents, as people of faith. And the best way to do that is to really get engaged, to enjoy, if you're a parent or even a grandparent, enjoy raising and being part of the, the growth of a young person. Our, the next generation matters. Um, now is not the time, you know, to sit on our lawn chairs and yell, get off my lawn. You know, it's really a chance to, to show great love. And the other is to, to not be afraid to talk about the importance of faith in your life. More and more Americans don't identify with a particular religion or even a religious life at all. And so if you share to them how important it is to you, how important prayer, mass, doing works of mercy, corporate or spiritual, share that, that's going to at least plant a seed that it could be an answer for some of the suffering that someone near to you is experiencing, but it also will remind them that faith matters to people that are around them and that standing up for religious freedom isn't just for the religious, but it's for all Americans to do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrea Pacetti Bayer, for joining us here on Catholic Connection. Stay with us, everyone. When we come back, our own Joan Lewis from Jones Rome will be joining us. We'll be right back after the break. Catholic Connection, and that means our own Joan Lewis from Jones Rome is in Vatican Insider is joining us here now, and she's actually in the United States. And Joan, how are you today? Hi, I am super fine, and um, I came to the United States. Uh, oh, actually, a week ago I arrived and uh, went almost uh, arrived in Chicago. Went almost immediately uh, the next day with some friends to Fort Wayne, Indiana. There's a big meeting. I am a dame of the Order of the Holy Sepulchre. And every year, sometime in usually September, the Order has a an investiture ceremony in one of the six states that are part of what's called the Central Lieutenant, the North Central Lieutenancy. So mm-hmm. Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan, Kentucky, and Ohio. And so... This year was in Fort Wayne, and it's a beautiful, beautiful ceremony. Um, there's always a welcome event on a Friday night, Saturday mornings, um, we and Sundays. There are speakers, and then the ceremonies, a pre-vigil, pre-investiture ceremony on Saturday, and then the actual investiture of, of new knights and dames on Sunday. Mm. But just amazing speakers from um, we one 
friend of mine actually from the Holy Land was unable to come because of a number of things happening there, but he's the CEO of the Latin Patriarchate. And um, and I've known Sammy, uh, as you said, for many, many years, has a big, important job helping the, the Latin Patriarch. But I will see him um, in coming days because he's going to accompany Archbishop Pete Zabala, who is the Italian-born Latin Patriarch um, of the Patriarchate of Jerusalem. He's mm. going to be made a cardinal. So, okay. yeah, one of the 21 new cardinals that will be created by the Pope on the 30th. So just being there with friends from the order, it's a beautiful work that we do for our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, helping to build schools, homes, bring in, you know, get medicine, whatever the people may need in the Holy Land. And there is a diminishing number of Christians, but um, as we have noted to people who ask, well, now you're a Catholic order, and aren't there a small number of Christians? There are, but we don't help people just because they're Christians. We help them because we're Christians. So mm, That's beautiful. There are, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, it's so there's there, there, so there's a chapter here because uh, we have a holy sepulcher cemetery. I wonder if that's tied directly to the holy sepulcher or knights of the holy sepulcher is the order. Yeah, well, what mm-hmm. um, a lieutenancy is a, a geographical region actually. So mm-hmm. this is the north central and the six states I just mentioned, and then there's other eastern, there's eastern and western in the uh, in North America. And then now, for example, I was actually invested in the order in Rome. And so I'm a member of that lieutenancy, but I spoke. I was one of the keynote speakers uh, in Cincinnati uh, two years ago. And afterwards, I was invited to be an honorary member of the North Central Lieutenancy. So mm-hmm. I come in to share these wonderful special weekends with with my wonderful special friends of the order, amazing knights and dames who who do very generous, very beautiful work for the order. So, so Joan, what what initially attracted you to the order when you first joined? Well, actually, this is such an amazing and unusual story. For years after my first trip to the Holy Land, I just became enamored, obviously, of the Holy Land. I support Bethlehem University. I just kept doing stories on any of the news that came out of the Middle East, especially regarding the Holy Land. And so I've been to Israel, Palestine, Jordan, and Cyprus, and those are the four you know, areas that are comprised the Holy Land. But um, one day, Cardinal O'Brien, who then headed the order and, and was based in Rome, where he still lives, Cardinal O'Brien said, Joan, he said, for years, you've been supporting and talking about and doing things for and with people in the Holy Land. He said, you've been doing exactly what the order does, and I'd like to make you a dame, a member of the order. So the invitation came from on high, and I was actually brought into the order by a very special document of Cardinal, um, of Cardinal O'Brien, called a motu proprio. So, um, very, very unusual way, but a humbling way for me to enter the order. So, <clears throat> brought in because, according to him, I was already doing their work. 
<laughs> so yeah. how has it enhanced your faith journey when you join such an order and get involved? How does it help you in your own faith journey, Joan? I think any time, and you probably know this as well as I do, any time mm-hmm. you are surrounded by people who love the church, who participate in it, I mean, you can be a member of a, a parish council, um, people who talk to each other about their faith, it just reinforces your faith. We know sure. how many problems there can be in the church and how many people question might question something because they read conflicting news reports. I mean, Vanessa, it's up to you and me and and of course, you know, our dear friend Teresa, it's up to us to bring the truth to the world. Yes. But knowing what that truth is, learning more about it, being surrounded by people who are uh, deeply engrossed in their faith and who want to help others become stronger in their faith, who yes. want to see if we are a Christian, we have to show it in our lives. It's not just being in our, our home saying a rosary. It's being out there in public, in a restaurant, when you make the sign of the cross and, and you know, say grace. That's a, a very small but important witness to our faith. And there's yeah. many ways to wit- witness to the faith. You sure. know, it, you and know. you know, and Joan, and to keep abreast of what's going on, to read your blog regularly, to what to happen, what's going on in the Vatican, what's happening in the church. Sure. So when these critical conversations come up, we're armed with information and truth to yes. share it with people. Absolutely. And just what I learned over the weekend, um, you know, about ongoing programs and everything in the Holy Land. And then also, of course, bishops are present. I had a wonderful conversation with Bishop Kevin Rhodes. He's the Bishop of Fort Wayne and South Bend, and he's going to be in Rome for the Synod. So we shared a whole bunch of thoughts and, to be honest, concerns about the the Synod that begins, you know, on the 4th of October, the Synod on Synodality. So um, <clears throat> that's always it. He said, I reinforced him in a few things. So it was, a, a you know, obviously a two-way uh, but mutually beneficial conversation. Mm. And um, <clears throat> so yeah. moments like that are, are obviously very important, you know. Yeah. And we've got some important moments coming up in the Church. Yeah. Obviously, the, the new cardinals, which whom I mentioned, 21, 18 of whom, you know, can be electors. We've got the Synod on October 4th, the... A feast of St. Francis, the Pope is coming out with a new document on the environment and ecology and, and you know, our concern for creation. It's, it's what he's kind of calling part two of his document um, on these issues, Laudato Si. So, mm-hmm. um, so many things. And, you know, in coming minutes, we can try yeah. and touch on those topics. <laughs> yeah, we're going to take a break right now with Joan Lewis. When we come back, let's touch touch upon uh, the Vatican News, papal trip, and uh, new cardinals, the synod, and so much more with Joan Lewis. We'll try to get to as much as we can in the next few minutes, but we have to first take a break. We'll be right back after this here on Catholic Connection. We are continuing our conversation with Joan Lewis, Jones Rome, Vatican Insider. She's actually in America for a little bit of time, and then she's heading back to Italy soon. And Joan's been uh, posting her um, conversations and what she's been doing on Facebook. Joan, what have you been sharing with your audience lately on your social media platform? Yeah, well, when I'm um, in the States for something like, you know, this event in Indiana and 
now seeing some family and relatives. Uh, I, I usually don't post my blog, but I announce on my blog before I leave that I won't be posting. But I do bring people up to up to snuff on Twitter or X, as it's called, and uh, and on Facebook I do bring them up uh, to date on you know important events, things I think they should have to know. But simply by re reposting news, you know, from the Vatican and so forth. So I'll actually be back in Rome and a lot more active and posting um, as of Sunday. But, I mean, in the meantime, you know, we have the Pope who will be in Marseille for 28 hours from Friday afternoon at about 4 to Saturday night about 8 o'clock. There's a, a big meeting called Med 23, and it's um, the third edition of what's been called the Mediterranean Meeting. And this is all church-inspired Catholic bishops from 30 countries in and around the Mediterranean will be together Um it's a week-long meeting to discuss common challenges facing all these countries and the people they serve. So there will be speeches and religious events, obviously masses, and, and a lot of young people from all the countries throughout the Mediterranean regions will be coming. So that will be something to follow. And the meeting actually ends with the Pope's time in Marseille on the 22nd and 23rd. Mm. And so, yeah, then he comes back and has has to get ready for the new cardinals and the consistory to create them on, on the 30th. And then that morning, the consistory is in, uh, will be in St. Peter's Square, actually. And then uh, 11.30 to 1.30 in the Paul VI Hall, there will be courtesy visits to the new cardinals. So that's where you can go in and anybody can actually come in. It's, you know, not, you don't need a ticket and, and so that ought to be fun. And then we move right into October, of course, as I said the synod. earlier. Yeah, the Synod mm-hmm. and, and the new document coming out from from um, from the Pope. And so there's just a lot to watch. And, and obviously the Pope, this is kind of unusual, actually. The Pope, a couple of days ago, went to St. Mary Major Basilica, as you, uh, I think you and all of our listeners know, sure. before a trip and after a trip he goes and prays before the icon of Mary that he he and the Roman people so love but he usually does it right before a trip the afternoon before and this time he went a couple of days early probably cuz he's you know got such a heavy agenda but um <clears throat> one thing i have to say has to have broken his heart this week i don't know if you saw the news but there the Caritas, uh, let's call it a warehouse, in Lviv, Ukraine, was um, bombed by the Russians and yeah. completely destroyed in fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single, you know, tons and tons of humanitarian Horrible. aid. And Cardinal Krajewski, who's the papal almoner and heads the Office for Charity, he's, he's back in Ukraine trying to bring some more aid and say setting up a uh, a building has been built for women and children who don't want to leave their native Ukraine but have nowhere else to go because their homes, you know, they've lost their homes and everything. So, mm. um, but I know he, he was almost, the Cardinal was almost in tears and, and I'm sure the Holy Father who's given so much aid, people have sent, they've sent money it's and horrible. medical supplies to the Vatican and yeah. the Cardinal has been driving them <laughs> to Ukraine for, He's yeah. made four or five trips so far. That's so, so tragic, Joan. That's tragic. Tragic. We, we have to continue, obviously, to 
to pray for them. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've never, you and I, and I think probably most or all of our listeners are, are blessed not to have ever had to live through something where we'll wait for the next bomb to fall and, yeah. and maybe destroy our home and, and our, yeah. our life. I mean, Unfortunately, my brothers children. and sisters in Iraq have, but, um, you know, Christians yes, in Iraq have covered, exactly. it, yeah, covered no. it for so many years. But, you know, Joan, I do want to, before we go, we have about a minute left with you. Can you give our listeners an overview of the Synod, what that will entail coming up? Right now, you look at the news on the Synod, we've been talking about it, writing about it for two years. And if there's one event about which very little is known, it's the Synod. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be a, a meeting of, you know, Catholics throughout the world, of the Church, at a level where we meet and listen to each other. It began in in parishes, small groups meeting, sending their report to the diocese. Diocesan officials worked on a report, went to the Episcopal Conference of a country. Now all of these reports are coming to Rome. There will be close to 400 participants, um, including lay people, coming to Rome to meet at the Synod to discuss, I think in a way you could say, the future of the Church, walking mm-hmm. together. How can we how can we be better as a Church? What mm-hmm. do people want from us um, that we might have to look at? So there's some very touchy issues that have come up that affect Catholic doctrine. So... Yeah. Thanks, Joan. I will always run out of time so quickly. Joan Lewis, Joan's Rome from the Vatican Insider. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time here on Catholic Connection. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.